Whether it's digesting what's setting the political agenda on the morning commute or taking a deep dive into award-winning investigative journalism, podcasts from news brands keep listeners informed about the stories they need to know about. From expert debate about that dodgy injury time winner to the celeb winding down with a wagon wheel and what the return of problematic 90s trend means for the future of fashion. Then there's the campaigner breaking taboos around men's mental health and scientists asking if radio waves in space mean we might get discovered by aliens. News brands are more than just news. Find out more at newsworks.org.uk forward slash podcasts. Hello and welcome to Pod Pod. My name is Rihanna Dillon and I'm the host of this podcast, which is all about podcasting for all you podcasters out there. Joining me this week, we have Reem Makari, Pod Pod journalist and researcher. Hello. Hello. And Adam Shepherd, editor of Pod Pod. Hi. Hello. Hi both. How have you been? Good. It's been a very exciting week for Pod Pod. Tell me more. We won Best Innovation at the BSME Talent Awards 2023. Woo! Amazing Ooh. stuff. Yeah. What is, tell us about these awards. So it's uh, put on by the British Society of Magazine Editors and is essentially an opportunity for the magazine industry to celebrate the best and brightest in print and digital, which apparently now includes us, which is uh, very exciting. Fantastic. Yeah, it's the second award win we've we've racked up. So we've been celebrating that for most of the last week or so. <laughs> I didn't even know we were nominated, so that was an extra nice surprise to hear that we'd won. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we did. I don't think we again did not expect to win. <laughs> Just like the mm. first award. <laughs> did you guys have a speech ready? Uh, thankfully, we didn't have to make a speech. We took a picture oh. with Tia Coffee though from Opal's Drag Race UK. Amazing. Was she <laughs> handing out the award? Uh-huh. She was. She was uh, hosting the event. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, congrats, Pod Pod. Yay. So joining us this week, we have Lizzie Widhelm, the Senior Vice President of B2B Marketing and Ad Innovation at SXM Media. Now, I'm going to put my hands up and say that this is very much space that I am, I'm not going to say uncomfortable in, but at least not particularly knowledgeable about. So Reem, I'm going to hand over to you. Tell us what exactly this space is. So SXM Media is an audio advertising organization and it's the advertising arm for Sirius XM Holdings and does the advertising for Pandora, SoundCloud, etc. In addition to running advertising campaigns, they also do a lot of data measurement reports. So they've worked with Edison Research to create a bunch of these reports like the Gen Z listener report, which was the most recent one, the Black Podcast Listener Report, the Female Podcast Listener Report. And they're just really in-depth research pieces to really find out what the demographics of US podcast listeners are and how do they connect with brands and how do they connect with podcasts and what kind of trends you should look out for. They're very interesting to read through. Because I know Mm. that you've written quite a lot of reports about SXM media and what they've done in these reports in particular. So what have you particularly picked up on on what they've been reporting on? 
the most recent one was the Gen Z podcast listener report. And obviously I'm Gen Z. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I, I thought it was interesting to read through what kind of trends they've, they've put in. One really interesting thing, which I, I didn't think to consider, is the fact that many of these Gen Z podcast listeners, they're growing up with podcasts. Mm -hmm. So they're calculating data from people aged 13 and above from 13 mm -hmm. to 17 are the some of the most active engaged podcast listeners like they binge listen they're asking their parents to buy them products that their favorite host is advertising and they're going up with it as the medium that is their go-to rather than going from tv to streaming movies and TV shows and then discovering podcasts as this new audio medium that they want to yeah. engage in. This is their first or like could be considered one of their first go-tos. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Adam, as a, a sort of fellow millennial who <laughs> has has experienced other forms of media and advertising in the past, <laughs> with the kind of the trends in advertising in the podcast space, have you kind of noticed anything over the past year or so that feels like a real advancement from when we were listening to podcasts like 10 years ago? Well, one of the interesting things for me is the amount of integration work that's being done to bring radio and podcasting closer together. So radio and podcasting from a content perspective have traditionally been very complementary, as you will well know. But on the advertising side, they've kind of, I don't want to say they've been at loggerheads, but they've felt very separate. But SiriusXM kind of sells across a lot of digital radio in addition to uh, podcasts. And Triton Digital, which is owned, I believe, by iHeart, has recently expanded its programmatic ad technology to encompass broadcast radio as well as podcast and music streaming. It's another example of podcast ad buying moving closer to radio buying, which is a good thing for the podcast industry because radio still commands huge, huge budgets in terms of advertising and the closer the two get the easier it will be for advertisers to split some of that budget off from radio into podcasting which is one of the things that we are going to talk to lizzie about well let's get into our chat with lizzie woodhelm reem joins me on this interview here she is and we'll have a chat afterwards <laughs> Lizzie Woodhelm, welcome to PodPod. How are you doing? Good. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. I apologize for my exorcist sounding voice. I have a cold. <laughs> so oh. just if I have to stop. That sounds nice to be honest. Oh, thanks, Reem. <laughs> I think it sounds sweet. just fine. Thank you. But if I have to stop and cough or sneeze, I apologize. That might have to happen. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Now, because we have a kind of a spectrum of listeners, some who are very immersed in the business world of podcasting, some who just love films and have recorded a podcast about loving films, they might not know exactly what it is you do. So please do fill us in on your job title and what it means. Sure. So I'm the SVP of Ad Innovation. I don't even know what that means anymore, innovation. It's so broad and so wide. But my background story is that I started as an original team member at Pandora when Pandora started way back in 2006. I was the very first sales hire they ever made. And I've spent since 2006, you know, growing up in the audio business. 
I had all three of my kids through that process. So I really feel like I'm like an adult of audio. That's kind of how I came up. And then when Pandora was acquired by Sirius, you know, I moved through different sales jobs, different sales management jobs. So really understand what advertisers are looking for and what matters to them. I took on the role sort of opposite our head of sales to run everything else. So I'm focused on research, measurement, how we go to market with our products and capabilities. I run our training and enablement teams. We have a huge sales force, the biggest in the space in terms of the other audio players. So making sure all the sellers are equipped. And I think maybe my most favorite job week over week is I run Studio Resonate, our in-house creative agency. So building all of the creative that runs on Pandora, Sirius, across our podcasts, working with all the hosts to do their host reads. So that's really fun. And we're really privileged to have an in-house creative agency because our advertisers really rely on it. So how open are the people that you're working with day to day, the hosts, especially to like the host reads, you know, how open are they to sort of injecting their personality into those kind of really important adverts? They're so open. I mean, they know, look, they love their shows. And I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to this. They're passionate about what they're talking about, whether it's a true crime episode with, you know, the latest whodunit or Conan, you know, just riffing with his friends. And so their listeners and their content are super important, but they understand the business of advertising and to have a successful show that's going to make money. Advertising needs to be a part of it. And therefore everything from host reads to announcer reads and other formats are popular, but specific to the host read, I think they're, they really have fun with it. Of course, there's certain brands they don't want to work with because they don't align with the philosophy of a company. And that's great because maybe that's better for their listeners anyway. It creates a more authentic connection. We love that they're selective. I think it is also what makes the host read creative type so powerful is because listeners know that when something's being recommended to them, that they can you know trust that the talents used it, touched it, felt it. That's not like how it was in the music space. Rihanna never called us and was like, hey, I really don't like the ads on my station, right? Like that didn't happen. <laughs> but they're really invested in their shows, in the monetization models, in the future of generative AI and what that's going to do in the future of targeting, in the future of distribution. There's just a lot of activity there. You've mentioned that you work in measurement as well. And SXM Media, they've done a bunch of data reports, specific demographics like Black Podcast Listener Reports and the recent one, I think was the Gen Z one. With those data reports, what are the type of tools that you use to measure that type of data? And, and how do you interpret that type of data? Yeah. So we go at it in many ways. First and foremost, we do have the longest running podcast survey in the business. And so we are constantly surveying listeners that have opted in to tell us, what are you listening to? What do you like? What's new? How are your behaviors changing? And we've been doing that since Pandora, you know, always trying to understand the behaviors of our listeners. And by the way, I'm glad you're reading those reports because I do think it's what's most important in this industry is providing information about who these listeners are because advertisers need to understand, again, how to authentically be where they should and maybe not advertise where they shouldn't. And then we work with Edison, a very well-respected research partner to do additional study work to understand attitudinal you know, shifts in mindset of listeners. And then we're just crunching those numbers within our analytics team to put out those reports. And when you say crunching those numbers, what does that look like? What does that mean? 
Well, it's just coming back and trying to understand quarter over quarter changes. So in the Gen Z report, we were really interested in A, content has become more diverse in the podcast space. More creators. I mean, we're on, you know, I don't know if your listeners know you use Riverside, right? It's a very easy platform. You can just hop on. The three of us could hop on here right now and talk about anything we want and put a show out to any size audience. And so technology has really created an opportunity for anyone to have a show. And the diversity of that content, we believe, was going to definitely move listeners that maybe weren't listening to podcasting 10 years or five years ago into this space. And so the Gen Z report really came from us wondering, you know, how many new listeners are there in podcasting? And so leveraging the different ways I spoke about, we went in and tried to figure that out. And that's the report you see in terms of the changes in how that specific demographic is interacting with audio overall and that podcasting has grown. I think, you know, 53% growth in Gen Z listening to podcasts in the last five years. I think the the reports as well, they're very interesting from an advertiser perspective because there's some specific parts in there that talk about how they engage with brands and if they connect with the identity of the creator then they're more likely to even listen to them more and to even look into a product that they're recommending are there any demographics that you are yet to explore or thinking of exploring next because i know this and i think they did the boomer reports as well are there stuff that you haven't explored yet that you want to I mean, we're really focused on the demographics advertisers care most about. And while advertisers, you know, do have customers of all ages investing in pushing younger audiences to love their brands early in their decision making process in life is where brands are most focused. That 18 to 49 year old demo is still the main focus for our advertisers. But what I would say also is Tinks is a good example if you don't follow her. She started on TikTok. She's been kind of labeled like your older sister of TikTok. She's in her 30s. She started there during COVID and has a huge TikTok following. And she moved over into podcasting to have a deeper conversation with her listeners. And through that moved a bunch of young women over into podcasting that maybe it wasn't a part of their weekly behavior. And so when we watch creators come on our network and we are the largest podcast network, that's really what drives our initial thinking into new audiences and new behaviors is through the eyes of the creator. If they're seeing an audience that is really important, like the black audience, and that we are servicing a lot of great content to that audience, then we want to understand them in order to bring it to advertisers. So it's going to start with the creators. I don't know you know, next who we'll jump into. I'm particularly interested in the purchasing power of moms. We work with a lot of clients that are also interested in that. So trying to bring forth even packages or the ability to target moms across many shows is probably where more of our next bit of work will be because I feel like we've we've researched a lot of audiences at this point and put out a ton of reports. That's really interesting. How do you sort of measure success in podcast campaigning? Because as you say, you put all of this kind of information out there, but how do you, if you do have statistics that are perhaps lower than you might want them to be, does that mean that you immediately might end a campaign there or say it's not necessarily working or would you try and build on what you already have there? Yeah. I mean, we have thousands of advertisers invested in podcasting and they all have different measurement strategies. 
you know, the OG marketer in podcasting was the direct response advertiser, right? The mattress retailer, direct to consumer brand, right? And so they know minute by minute how they're selling and they're leveraging their own data and their own agency to optimize their campaigns. As bigger, you know, more sort of not, I don't say bigger because many of those D2C brands are huge, but as advertisers that maybe don't sell their product, like a Procter & Gamble or a T-Mobile, right? And trying to help them understand the effectiveness of podcasting compared to streaming or compared to TV, there's many measurement vendors we work with. And I'd say the thing that's been most important to me is that we're completely agnostic about which measurement vendor we work with. It really comes down to the advertiser telling us, hey, this is how we measure. We need you to help us integrate this technology, this you know pixel, this, this way in which we need to measure. And then really partner with them to understand the efficacy of podcasting as it relates to their other buys, because podcasting is so underspent. The amount of audience that listens to podcasting is many more listeners, a lot of incremental reach. And I have for your listeners, I have to remember, like not everyone wants the advertising lingo, but just like think about many more people (laughs) that those advertisers aren't reaching on TV. And so really we're open to all measurement and helping them invest at scale, you know, where, where sort of the appropriate spend should be. What do you think in your opinion would count as a, as a successful campaign based on the measurement? It depends on them. I mean, the advertisers really set their goals. They tell us what's working and not, and we'll consistently have a really big sales team, like I said, and they're very smart about working with clients to understand how to reinvest or increase their spend in areas that are working or not. And again, SXM Media, which is the media arm of SiriusXM, and that's who I work for, we don't just sell podcasting. I know that's what we're here to talk about, but SiriusXM, Pandora, SoundCloud, and many other off-platform partners. So most of our advertisers aren't just buying podcasting from us. We talked so much recently on PodPod about the use of AI in podcasting, but how does that kind of spill over into podcast measurement tools? Or if you haven't used them yet, are you looking to use them in the future? I mean, AI is fun, but it's also early. Mm. I would say that advertising overall and the advertising industry, I think will be able to take advantage of generative AI and these big language models to help drive efficiency, do things faster, right? Like overall, that's going to happen. In our world, we're testing a number of different hypotheses to see if they'll play out. So for example, an advertiser that maybe is a smaller business wants to invest in podcasting and they don't have a big creative agency and they maybe can't afford a more expensive host read. And generative AI, different tools that are out there and many of them popping up, probably right now there's four companies, right? Leveraging either a ChatGPT background or any of the other models out there. You know, an advertiser like that needs to come in and be able to turn on a campaign quickly for low cost. And so the idea that they could use a copywriting tool, that they could have a synthetic voice be the voice of their ad and not a real person. I think that's really interesting and where we're focused to try to see, can we build the tools for an advertiser like that to just really quickly invest in the space? Mm. Now, on the other side of things, do I think that the big marketers will want to shift from known voices to synthetic voices overnight? No. 
you know, I think it'll be a place where maybe they can test, you know, Reem, you asked a lot of good questions around measurement. And if you could build instead of one piece of creative, if you could build 20 pieces of creative and test them in order to pick the best and then run with that, AI could help do that more efficiently and more effortlessly. Same thing with writing copy. Maybe you have a copywriter that has, you know, you've given them a brief and you can put that brief into an AI tool to come back with 15 different possible pieces of copy, right? For a 30 second ad really quickly. That then gives that team the ability to move fast to then go to create those ads. So I think we will see AI in terms of making creative faster. Um, I'm sure we'll see AI come into the measurement space, which was one of your original questions in terms of crunching the output to say, hey, our next recommendation is these 10 shows and less of these five shows. Anywhere that I think someone is smartly talking about AI, they're saying it's the best co-pilot you're ever going to have. And I believe in that. I don't think it replaces all the great work our teams do, but I think it helps them work faster, smarter. And that's great for this industry overall. The reports with SXM Media, they're focused on U.S. podcast listeners. And I think when you compare the data that's available in the U.S. about podcasters and about podcasts in general, it's very different than what's available in the U.K. I think the U.K. is still very scarce, the amount of data that's out there. Edison at the podcast show, they said that they were launching a podcast metric tool in the UK. So hopefully now we're going to be able to see more data come out in the UK. Because you've worked with Edison, are you also thinking of bringing these type of reports to the UK as well? I don't know. They're a great partner and I think they do an incredible job to provide data that helps grow an industry. We don't sell advertising internationally. We, we, we do with third parties and with partners in many of those countries. So I think we might never say never. We might partner on some steady work, but the bulk of the data we're trying to put forth is for those advertisers that are invested in the US market. Having that access to data in the US, how does that improve things like how how useful can that be knowing that demographic and knowing who your audience is i think it's table stakes and the reason why it is is because none of us want to receive advertising that is irrelevant to us that is waste and remember i started in the streaming space where i was in audio when it was about one-to-one you know the rest of the world in the united states at that time back in 2006 was still a lot of terrestrial listening where you just had no idea who was listening. And so I've believed for a long time that the benefit of understanding audience is good for the advertiser because they're not wasting their hard-earned money on consumers that won't convert. It's really good for the consumer because we don't really want to receive advertising that's irrelevant to us. And then in terms of, you know, the the podcasters in this example, like it's great for them because you want to maintain value. You want to get the highest and best price for your ad inventory. And so making sure it converts is really important. And so the data that we get around who's listening to the podcasts what are the behaviors overall of audiences and how are they changing is really important for us to go back to advertisers and say, look, I know you love this creator, or maybe you've never heard of a creator, but your audience is on this show. And we'd love to help you understand how to invest there. And that's so great for bringing new ideas, especially unknown creators. You know, there's a lot of famous people out there, but 
say, you know, the, the bulk of podcasting in terms of when you look at the mass of our network are maybe names you don't know so much, but have, you know, millions of listeners. So it's so important. I would hate a world where we just had no idea who was listening to these shows. Mm. We kind of mentioned earlier those reports like the Black Podcast Listener Report. Um, there's also one about female listeners and some of the results that have come out are maybe quite obvious that, you know, female listeners are more likely to respond to adverts when it's led by a female podcaster. But what are the, some of the more surprising results to have come out of those listener reports that actually you were not expecting at all? Hmm, that's a good question. Being in this business for a long time, I'm rarely surprised because audiences tend to behave similarly on different platforms and in different mediums. You know, I, I'd say the the shift to younger and diverse audiences as fast as it's happened would be not probably the most surprising for people when we talk about the data. Maybe not surprising to me, but when we're talking about the studies with advertisers, it's like, oh, wow, you know, my perspective of podcasting was older, more affluent, that's just kind of who I thought was there when really there's just so much diversity into these younger and multicultural audiences. And, 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 you know, once you talk to them about culture and connection and how this might be the only medium where a certain listener can really feel connected and see and hear people like them because it's not allowed on mainstream media or it's too, you know, watered down on mainstream media and they can really feel comfortable in their own skin because they're listening to someone that's like them. When you start to talk about that connection and how it matters so much to the human experience, advertisers tend to really get it. But I think that's like the most surprising takeaway when we're with advertisers presenting any of this data is, is just like how important this medium is to their success to finding these new customers. And in you know, a cost of living crisis. And when you do have access to these kind of groups of people who are perhaps going through very similar experiences in their lives, how has that affected the advertising space, especially in podcasting? Well, I think that any advertiser that hasn't invested in podcasting is very used to not being able to have a lot of creative freedom at 15 or 30 second spot and you record it and maybe you can do a handful of them or maybe you're using technology to do something more dynamic, like speak to a certain geographic, right? When it comes to podcasting and the host read or even the announcer read, you can have so much more fun if you know mm. the show that you're buying into or the group of shows. It's more conversational. Some of the ads run long. I mean, Conan O'Brien is famous for riffing for sometimes two minutes on a brand. And you're really buying into an audio influencer. Mm -hmm. So it it's more akin to what you would do in social. It's more, I think, aligned with what you would do you know, on YouTube or on TikTok. Mm -hmm. The ability to do that, I think, just comes through more human. And therefore, mm -hmm. you can meet the listener really where they are in the moment. Mm -hmm. Whether the moment is knowing that a specific show is about you know, how to get better about finance or whether mm -hmm. the moment is just trying to be funny in a comedy show. Do you find that some of those kind of adverts are more successful than others then, depending on how affluent the, <laughs> the world is in that particular moment? Well, you know, I don't think it's always about who has the most spending power, but it's just, did you connect? Are they going to remember it when they're, you know, at the point of sale or at the checkout stand? Of course, someone you love that you tune into weekly telling you to go buy something is 
going to make a more lasting impression than a 15 second ad inserted in between, you know, the the songs you're listening to. But they cost more, right? They're not the same price. And so it is like, you know, product placement back when I mean, I'm much older than you girls, but when we were coming up, that's what you would see in the movies or you would see in television. So for the Gen Z report that you've done, I've written about that for PodPod. And one of the highlights for me was the fact that Gen Z listeners, I think around 70% of them were binge listening to their favorite podcasts. And then specifically the ones that were like from 13 to 17, I think it was 80% of them that were binge listening. And I'm Gen Z and I binge listen to podcasts as well. So I know that that's like something that I connect with. But how do you think that could change a company's advertising strategy? Because if you're using programmatic ads or even host read ads, episode by episode, if you're binge listening, that might get really repetitive and it might not be as engaging as it would if someone's listening weekly. So is that, do you think there's going to be a more of a trend of going towards like a subscription route and uh, providing ad-free listening or providing box sets with podcasts? Do you think that would change it for Gen Z listeners? It's a great question. And I'm actually glad you're asking because I agree with you. And we've been ahead of that in terms of building out the technology in order to manage frequency. So streaming, you would always be inserting ads and understanding exactly who the listener was. And you could mm-hmm. not only manage who you were targeting, but the number of times you were targeting, you know, different individuals or devices. And we are the original thinkers around audio ad tech. And so we're bringing that into the podcasting space to do just that both programmatically and direct sale. Again, the difference being a salesperson on direct sale and programmatic is an automated transaction through and, you know, on a buyer being able to automate that, that we have afforded those advertisers the ability to set frequency caps. And so we work across our entire network and we are the largest network for women, the largest network for multicultural audiences and neck and neck, you know, one and two for the largest overall to be able to allow advertisers to come in by the network and really understand their frequency. So that for you, Reem, if you just obsess over a certain show and you're back to back to back to back, they're not going to be inserted into multiple episodes all in a row, right? And that we can help them manage that. So we spread their frequency out across a lot of girls that exhibit similar behaviors and that they can buy across a segment in order to not experience that overwhelming frequency against a single listener. How does that technology work where there's that frequency cap It's different ways. So if an advertiser comes to us and is interested in a host read, then it's just about us working within that show to distribute their ads more broadly across multiple episodes or multiple shows within a network. If they're buying across our network through dynamic insertion, so that's where we're controlling. It's an announcer read, most likely. It's not a host read, and it's being inserted through our ad tech. Then it's us leveraging. I think we've talked about it we haven't talked about it this show, but we've talked about it publicly, audio ID, which is just the ability for us to see all of the listeners and and devices and ways in which consumers interact across all our shows and all of our content, all of our platforms to manage frequency for buyers that are buying across a network, both direct or programmatic. So it's different ways depending upon what the advertiser is buying. And look, sometimes advertisers want a really high frequency. So sometimes if you're hearing the same thing over and over again, that's often on purpose. And do you think that's successful from your experience? 
You know, it, it, it depends. I think that we can all, you know, recite back jingles we've heard over and over again and mm-hmm. ads that we've heard over and over again. So when you're going to buy a mattress, you're going to be buying, you know, I feel like early on for me, it was all about Casper because I was hearing them everywhere or better help right now. There's a lot of noise out there and finding the right frequency to where you're really imprinting a memory so that when that customer is going to make the purchase, they remember you. Each advertiser has their own method to that madness. And it depends on what the product is. You know, for quick serve restaurants, we visit every 12 days. You know, for a mattress, it's not every 12 days. For buying a new car, it's not every 12 days. So different frequency um, requests come from all different advertisers and different product types. That's really interesting because it's it's funny that you're mentioning mattresses because yes, I think we all recognize and remember like a real influx of particular mattress adverts, which is kind of random. It's not necessarily something that you'd associate with podcasting. So it's clearly doesn't necessarily have to have that parallel. And you know what's also different about podcasting for frequency goes back to the comment I made earlier, which is there can be so much variability to their creative that's in market for an advertiser. So if they're buying across 10 shows, they might have 10 different hosts, or maybe they're buying across 10 shows with the same announcer Mm -hmm. read, but they're playing, you know, we're working with them to have multiple versions of that creative so that they can talk about different aspects of their product. You know, it's not just like, Hey, brand X buy now. It's like, you know, did you know that our product does this? And that might be just one creative. And it also does this. And that might be a different creative, you know? So there's just so much more storytelling that advertisers are focused on that the the like optimal level of frequency is very variable. So because you run the the in-house creative team, how do you work with advertisers to kind of approach that creativity within those campaigns you're just talking about? Yeah, I mean, often and all the time. So some advertisers come with their own creative that they've tested and is tried and true and you know, they want to run and that's great. And then many come to us with an audio brief and say, "Hey, we don't know how to interpret audio for our brand. Maybe they're new to it, although audio specifically streaming's been around for, you know, so long now that most of them have tested something, but maybe podcasting is new." And so we'll come back with different options for them and you know, play around with them, just like any agency would, we just are completely focused on, on audio. And so it's, it's a daily, if not every campaign, it's probably not daily we're making creative, but every campaign we're trying to find new ways for them to articulate their brand in the Sonic space. And we have a Sonic consultancy internally that even before a creative agency or a client is going to lean into audio, we can bring them some of those best practices Like, you know, hey, if you're going to invest in podcasting, what works in terrestrial radio in terms of sound levels or the speed at which you're talking or a music bed, like don't do that in this environment. It doesn't sound right. Or even more specifically, like if you're going to buy this certain show, here's what are the best practices for creative on that show. You know, I was listening to a previous episode of yours where one of your guests was talking about a sort of sleepy show or something that helps their kids calm down. And so, yeah, we'd make the recommendation like you you cannot have creative that is loud and, you know, very boisterous when you're fitting into a content experience that is not that mindset for its listeners. Another thing that most of the reports were showing is the, the importance of the listener to be connecting with the creator. And, and identifying with them in order to 
to buy a product that they're recommending or it's about personalization, right? Like there's like some so having that connection with the podcaster and with the product and making that an incentive for them to go and buy it. And I know just bringing back AI again, just because it is it is such a big topic and everyone's talking about this. Have you considered using or are you currently using AI to create more personalized, dynamically inserted or programmatic ads? Because I know that there are other companies that are currently testing or already doing this where you know, it will either blend in with the music in the background or it will be localized or... Is that something that you're currently doing? Yeah. So on the localized front, we already offer a dynamic solution to advertisers where maybe a word or a couple of words can be swapped out to be personalized to the weather or to the geographic location. So the ability to build dynamic creative has already been here. AI can, of course, aid in making that more efficient and allow for more variability. So in that example, you know, AI might make us smarter. And I think it is an area that we'll be invested in to try to figure out, you know, what are the components of a piece of creative and how could AI generate for us many, many options that make that even sound more personal to the listener. So I think you will see that happening and we will test it. But it's essentially taking something we do today that requires a bit more human touch and just saying, can we remove the human touch and and still deliver that really high quality experience? I mean, look, you're going to have companies like ours look at every aspect of the business and say, where could AI as a co-pilot make us move faster, smarter? And there's going to be a lot of places where we'll test and say, that was terrible. I think we will find that. One of the places I think will be very interesting to watch, and we're just beginning to talk about it, is in the host read space, the time it takes a host to record all their ads is time, right? You you have a show, you know, to the extent that I don't know if you guys do host reads on this show, you know, before you start the show or after you start the show, you have to sit with your scripts and record your ads. And will those creators say, huh, I could use AI to record these for me and leverage my voice and clone my voice to make it less burdensome for me to sit here for another hour and a half and record all of these spots. That's really on the creator to do. And I think, you know, we'll see many creators probably say that is worth it for me to be able to move faster. It's not my choice. That is the creator's choice. But I think as we think about the ecosystem overall, they're a very important player in the space and where they can use AI to make their work go faster will also be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. As you've mentioned, the mattresses, et cetera, but are there any other kind of emerging kind of brands or categories of advertisers that are now just starting to get into the podcasting space? Every category. And again, I think it's driven by all the audience insights that we're providing because your audio experience, sadly, this is a fact that I have observed for decades now, most people tend to think that the experience of others is the same as theirs. That's just how we operate, right? And so the more that we can bring insights around the types of 
listeners that are really engaged in this format, the more advertisers wake up to this being a place they should be invested. And so a year ago, I would have told you I could rattle off categories of advertisers that aren't invested in podcasting. Mm -hmm. But today it's really everyone. It's just Mm -hmm. some are crawling into the space and some are (laughs) running in the space. And do they kind of match up with what you would expect from advertisers who are perhaps really used to traditional media compared to maybe like younger brands who are perhaps a bit more savvy? I think it comes back a bit to measurement. You know, in this environment, there are a lot of headwinds for brands and companies and marketing is an expense. And so they need it to turn into an investment, right? It needs to deliver a return for them. And the podcasting space early on, it was hard to measure because the distribution model was all over the place. And again, most of the ads were baked in and nothing was inserted through an ad server where you could measure. And so the advertisers that maybe were waiting, it wasn't because they didn't think it was a great place to reach listeners. Maybe they weren't fully exposed to the breadth of listeners they could reach, but they were just nervous about how do I take dollars? There's no magic money sitting around that people aren't spending, right? How do I take dollars from a streaming buy, from a TV buy, from an out-of-home buy, and move it into this space? And how do I measure it in order to make sure I didn't just pull dollars that were working from column A to dollars that now I can't measure in column B? And so there's there's nobody sitting there's nobody sitting on the sidelines because they don't believe they should be there. It's just trying to figure out how to measure it and make sure that they can go back to their management and say, okay, this is really working. Now let's up the spend. And so I'd say that's the bulk of the conversations come back to let us help you understand through your preferred partner in measurement or through what we've seen other people do in your space that has been successful to measure foot traffic, to measure attitudinal metrics like intent to purchase, to measure full point of sale right to the bottom line. That's the only reason why anybody would be sitting on the sidelines at this point is they're still working to figure that out and scale it. I'm just curious to hear what you think are going to be the next biggest trends in podcast advertising that we can expect to see in the next year. I believe you will see continued growth in programmatic. It is a really important buying capability and transaction type for all other types of digital audio. You know, agencies and clients are stressed. They don't have headcount sitting around and people just, you know, with nothing to do. Everyone's trying to be as efficient as possible. Programmatic buying is a very efficient way of buying. We just recently turned on the ability for the trade desk, which is one of the biggest international and U.S partners in programmatic to buy at the show level. So we're continuing to create more capabilities for advertisers to come in and just completely automate being able to buy across the network, being able to buy segments like moms or multicultural audiences, and more recently at the show level. And I think, you know, that will drive a bunch more growth because it's just so efficient to buy in that way in terms of people you know, just less people involved in the process. And I think the growth of live monetization and the live shows you're going to see, I mean, these shows are going on the road. Ashley Flowers, who's the number one podcaster in true crime, she just did a sold out tour of a live version of her show. Conan O'Brien does live shows all the time. And then just how that will begin to impact the, I don't know, like multi-format of advertisers buying into podcast shows, but well, can I buy the live example? You know, can I buy the video stream on YouTube? It's just, it's, it's kind of breaking out of just the headset or the earphones. 
So that'll be fun to watch. And the AI stuff's going to be really fun to watch. Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us. That was such a sort of in-depth, eye-opening look at advertising and marketing in the podcast space. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. So that was Lizzie Widhelm talking all about marketing and ad innovation. And Reem, obviously we talked with Lizzie quite a lot about trends in podcasting. What particularly stood out to you, which you'd like to explore in a bit more detail? She mentioned that one of the demographics that are yet to explore, but ones that she's interested in is moms Mm -hmm. and podcasting and how moms respond to podcasts. And I think that's really interesting because one of the growing top categories in podcasts is kids and family. Mm -hmm. And more and more parents are using podcasts as like an educational tool for kids. They want to learn about history or science or sometimes even to put them to sleep or just fun stories as well, like fun little educational scripted stories sometimes. And I think it's a a great way to reach moms. and, And if they're engaged with their child, they might be, especially if they're receiving personalized ads, on these type of podcasts that are like, what type of, I don't know, I'm not a mom, but like what type of diaper brand do you want or baby food or something? That might be a great way to target that type of listener and to get them to buy those type of products. So I'm really, really interested to see that report. It's interesting, isn't it, that it's mums and not parents? Like it's very specifically gendered, which I wondered, I was going to, I should have asked her a bit more about that really. But I wonder if these podcasts then are actually specifically geared towards women and mums in particular, rather than fathers who yeah. mm. presumably are doing the same sort of parenting and would buy the same sorts of products. I think it's less to do with the parenting element of it and more about mothers as a particularly kind of younger mothers as a sort of advertising demographic. They're traditionally harder to, reach and particularly within podcasting let's face it dads are quite overrepresented in terms of podcast listening Uh you know you think about shows like parenting hell and you know that bracket of podcasting i don't know what the audience demographic split is like for parenting hell Uh but you know anecdotally it seems to be more popular with dads than it does with with mums mm-hmm. and men in their sort of mid to late thirties are not exactly underserved in terms of content geared towards them, which makes it very easy for advertisers to market to them. Whereas I don't think the same is quite true of, of female audiences. Well, that's interesting. So it's so actually less sort of about advertising for mums in terms of their children, but just about that particular bracket of person that would be my guess but as as you say room i'd be very interested to see the report and know particularly what the advertising market is is looking to to gain from this mum focused uh, demographic targeting yeah maybe i should have a listen to happy mum happy baby and uh, mm. see if i can notice any trends in the adverts in that <laughs> thank you so much guys it's been really interesting it's always good for me i think to delve into areas that i know very little about it is genuinely always eye-opening uh, so thank you so much for joining me congratulations once again on the uh, bsme win and congratulations to you as well <laughs> thank you 
You can find out so much more on podpod.com about everything that we've been talking about. Reem especially has written a whole load of articles, as you've heard. Uh, so do have a look for them. Thank you so much to Lizzie Widhelm for joining us this week to talk all about marketing and advertising. Do follow us on social at podpodofficial and rate and subscribe if you can. Five stars only, obviously. The podcast is produced by Emma Corsham for Haymarket Business Media. And I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon, aka The Exorcist. Hopefully back to form next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.